You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. My guest today is Amelia McLean. Amelia is a truly beautiful actress. She was a few years ahead of me at the University of Evansville. And while we were there, we did a production of Othello, where I played Desdemona and she played Amelia. I have always admired her work. She is such a composed, confident actress. And now that we've lived near each other in Queens for years, it's been wonderful to see her and her husband move through their careers and become parents. Wes Grantham was on episode 45. I'm so happy to get her insights in this conversation, and I hope you enjoy the 77th episode of The Compass. you know, the first question is always, what do you do to try to keep from going to the dark side as an artist? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I do a couple of things. Um, the first is when I have time now, this used to be the thing I did all the time, but when I have time, I run, mm-hmm. um, which I got into when I was in, in my late 20s. I was not a runner at all. I was a person who said that I couldn't run and wasn't built for running, and then I sort of taught myself to love it. Yeah. And it has become my meditation time. It's the time that I can sort of process things and think through things. And um, I, am, I it sort of allows me to take a bad situation and somehow be able to spin it into a good one. <laughs> or at least one yeah. that I understand a little better. Um, and then just like a little more practically, you know, whenever I'm starting to feel like I'm not working or I'm not producing enough work or feeling just really stagnant, um, I am not a person who's ever been able to like create my own work <laughs> as much as I wish that was something that I was really good at as you know I admire so much people like you and Ashley with her blog people that yeah. are able to say like I'm gonna do this thing and call it my own but that's never been something that I've been really great at doing um, and so I try to find other ways to sort of feel a part of things I and mean, one of the big things that I do is I'm a reader all the time yeah all the time Has, um, have you always done that your whole life? Um, I've been doing it for a while. I've been doing it, um, oh, you mean like a reader, like read books. And oh, I you're a reader. For auditions. I mean, I'm a reader gotcha. for auditions, yes. Sorry. Um, Have you been a reader for auditions your entire <laughs> life, Amelia? <laughs> my professional life. Um, but then I realized what you actually meant, and no, I have not been a reader my whole life. I but, guess I did know this about you. <laughs> yes. um, but uh, I do also read, um, although again, <laughs> Sorry, no, no, fault. no, I do, I do also read, but I find, again, that I did a lot of that before I had Rooney, and now... Yeah. People are like, what's the last book you read? And I'm like, oh, God, Good Night Moon. Yeah. Um, they so, only come in small square shapes. <laughs> yeah, they're right? made of cardboard. Um, uh, and now I feel like I, bar- I barely have time even to read the New York Times. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I read like four articles and I get really depressed and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. Um, but yes, I'm a reader for auditions. Yes. Um, which amazingly like fuels me in a million different ways but first of all I always feel like it's like taking a class mm-hmm. you know um I've learned so much about the other side of the table from being in the room just about how 
so much of the time it has so very little to do with what people are actually doing, <laughs> but it has so much to do with exactly what they're looking for and how they're trying to build an ensemble and who sort of fits into the same world with each other and, yeah. you know, where the director went to undergrad and, you know, <laughs> like all of these things play a huge part in it. And the other thing that I've, from watching actors work, I'm able to see what really makes an audition work. And mm -hmm. the other thing that I always take great solace in is that every single person is nervous. Yes. I have watched Tony Award winners come right. in and their knees are shaking and the paper is shaking and they are so nervous. And I take great comfort in that <laughs> because, you know, I was, for a really long time, I was a person who got that nervous. Yeah. Um, and I've sort of gotten better, a lot better about that. And I think part of the reason I've gotten better about it is because I'm able to tell myself, like, everyone is nervous. Everyone is nervous. Um, and they expect you to be nervous. They know you're going to be nervous. And they, despite even sometimes when you feel like they aren't acknowledging it or they're not helping you not be nervous, they don't want you to be nervous. They're not trying to make you nervous. They're not annoyed that you're nervous. They just really want you to go in and do the best audition you can. But, um, so that, and also, you know, like, I was the reader for all of the Oslo auditions, you know? And so even though I have nothing to do with that show. Right, you feel involved. I feel like I'm a part of it somehow, yeah. you know? And I'm friends with actors on Facebook who I've just been their reader, you know? And, um, <laughs> and, uh because I've been their reader over and over and over again. Right. But um, it sort of allows me to still feel like I'm not completely outside the loop. Right. That's really um, smart. Did you start forming those relationships like when you were at NYU and right after you graduated? Or was yeah. it something you kind of came back to? Like, okay, I need to be doing something. Well, Let me uh, it was kind of like off and on. There were a couple of casting directors that um, asked me to be a reader, you know, out of school. Um, back when I didn't, I wasn't quite aware of how important that would turn out to be for me. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are like, I don't want them to think of me as just the reader, but I find that has never been true for me. Yeah. Um, in fact, I've gotten jobs from it. Um, but, uh, then I started to realize that, you know, I would go away and do a show when I did a lot of regional stuff and I would come back in town and it was one of the ways that I could help people know that I was back is that I could send a few emails saying, hey, I'm back in town, I'll be your reader if ever you're looking. And then, um, yeah, I have a couple of casting directors that will just really keep me busy if I want to be busy, just in auditions all the time. Um, and it also is a way just to read plays all the time. Yeah. You're just reading new plays and reading plays all the time. Um, so that's one of the ways I sort yeah, of help myself. Really <laughs> not just feel like I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Um, which there are there any other ways that you feel like it's really changed the way you approach an audition now or the way you prepare for an audition? Yes. You know, I have watched people nail auditions who are reading off the page and I've watched mm -hmm. people nail auditions who set the paper down on the ground. And one thing I really ask myself, especially because my time is so limited now to work on auditions, right. is, is it going to serve you to, to memorize this or is it going to serve you to really, really do the acting work and just not put that pressure on yourself? Because I've definitely gone into auditions before where I felt like I had done all of the acting homework, but I was so in my head about the fact that I didn't know it that I just got right. in my own way. Like that they were judging you because yeah. you didn't know yeah. it perfectly. Or... Um, and so I've sort of learned to let let that go. That's good. Um, 
I mean, it's just informed so much. I, I really feel like it's like taking a class every time I do it. Every time I do it, I learn something new. I've watched people audition for really small roles, which I feel like is one of the hardest things to do. Um, and it becomes very clear who, who gets it and who doesn't, hmm. you know? Yeah, I feel like I could go on and on and on and on about it, yeah. but I feel very grateful, not only that I get to do it, but that I get to do it for really great places and get to see really great, great actors. Have you um, done it much for on-camera stuff too, or mostly for theater? Um, well, I did it for Steven Sanders some. I did it, oh, yeah, yeah um, for them for a little while. Is that, that's the CW, right? Or is it is somewhere else now? WB, WB? right? Maybe it's WB. Some yeah. letter. Yeah. <laughs> Something with a W. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot doing that. I learned a lot doing that too. Um, but I just, it's, that's in general, such a world that I have convinced myself that I know very little about yeah. <laughs> that I feel like I wasn't able to learn in the same way, um, that I am in theater auditions. Um, I could definitely tell when someone was doing a really good job, but you know, I've later looked back and been like, who got that part? Oh, I saw their audition. I didn't really right. think it was that great. And so there's definitely something about it that I don't. The couple times I've been a reader there, it did it was interesting to me. And Frankie's told me this a lot for some of his on-camera auditions too. Like, if they're sending a tape to LA or like, the casting director is interested in what you're doing, like they'll really help you, yes, make a good tape mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a way that in a. I mean, if you're in a theater audition and they want to give you notes and work with you in that mm-hmm. way, it's one thing, but they can really help you manipulate the audition mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and kind and of I've team watched up them in do that, that way. Yeah, and I've, I've definitely watched to to get them do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is fascinating. But again, there will be times that I'm sitting there as the reader and I'll be like, why this person? Right. Like, why are they helping this person so much? This is so fascinating. But you don't know their history together. Exactly. And I don't know their resume and I don't mm. know, I, I don't know any of that. Mm. Um, but again, it's like, that's, for me, it just like reinforced like you don't know anything about what's happening here. <laughs> it was always fun too when you go into an audition and you see someone you know as the reader. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like it's fun when a friend comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I oh, see okay. a lot of yeah. <laughs> it's a joke sometimes that it'll be some director that I've never met before, and by the sixth and person, like, so they're popular. like, "You know everyone." <laughs> and I'm like, well, I do have some good like, cross sections. Very talented friends is the truth. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, that is really fun. That's yeah. I always worry though. Sometimes I feel like it makes people nervous, and then sometimes I feel like people are really put at ease. Yeah, um, it just depends on the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like if they're already feeling confident, it makes them more relaxed. If they're not, then they're like, yeah. I don't want her to see me do this audition. Yeah. Well, I've been the reader, especially for some like young people that have come out of Evansville, oh. you know, and they're like, oh, and even though I'm like, you have no, idea. I'm not a big deal. You're going to, you're going to be fine. I'm just older than you. Yeah, I'm just older than you. I was just yeah. born way before you. That's all. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But yeah. This is a random question, but have you taken Rooney to see many shows yet? Has he, has he seen some His plays? dad has. Yeah. Well, His dad has taken him to see a lot of things, but, um, uh, he and his dad have the kind of relationship that he, Wes can be like, okay, you're going to sit here and watch this thing 
Whereas if I took him, he would just be talking to me the whole time. And when he was, there were t- Wes wanted to take him to see a show, I think when he was like eight, 18 months old. And I was like, you are out of your mind. And he was like, I'll buy us all tickets, like a Broadway play. And I was like, I'm not taking an 18 month old. To a two and a half hour show. Into a Broadway play. Like I don't even want to deal with the looks I would get by putting the child in the seat. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not interested. I know it will end badly. Um, but Wes has taken him to see many a show. And, and they both survived. They both survived, and it was yeah. great. And Wes would be like, oh, yeah, about halfway through the second act, we had to go stand in the lobby for a minute. And I'm that just doesn't sound fun to me yeah. at all. Yeah, I feel like I would be really self-conscious. I was, yeah, I would be too <laughs> self-conscious to spend $450 for us all to go see a play together that yeah. I'm going to spend 20 minutes in the lobby for. <laughs> like, that doesn't sound fun to me. But he also has taken him to really cool things. Like, he took him... Um, this weekend to see this British company that came over that um, takes Shakespeare plays and then puts them on for two to five year olds and makes them very interactive. Nice. Um, and so they went and saw this version of a win- The Winter's Tale called like In a Pickle or something. And there's like water tables. The Winter's and- Tale of all things. <laughs> no, Not my first choice for but two he- to five year olds. Yeah, but he came home and told me all about it. And- yeah. That's so great. Yeah, we were really going to, I was determined to like make sure that he was cultured, but save him from being just totally obsessed with the arts. And I think it's too late. It's too late. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, Frankie and I always joke about that. Like when we have a kid, we'll like send him off to my brother's house where he's like an engineer. My sister-in-law is like a biologist. <laughs> like we'll go send him over there and try to get him yeah. inundated with those things. My friend Jay Brandon, <laughs> who is a, um, is a musician when he when he met Rooney he came over and gave him a gift that was wrapped and everything and when we unwrapped it it was just a calculator that's it it's <laughs> just, just a calculator um, like not even a kid's calculator no like just, just a, a calculator cal- <laughs> yeah. and for a while when Rooney was obsessed with buttons it was one of his favorite toys that's, which I thought was really funny um, I'm gonna steal that idea it's a great gift yeah it's really funny um I know that you're you're understudying right now mm-hmm. on Broadway mm-hmm. the play that goes wrong mm-hmm. right and I know you've done a lot of that in the past, which is, yeah, assuming an amazing gig in a lot of ways. Yeah, a good paycheck and mm-hmm. get to, you know, be a part of those shows and live with my family and live here in New York with yeah. your family yeah. <laughs> and make a living wage as an actor, yes. which is almost like impossible incredible. to do. But can you talk a little bit about like how you sustain those experiences for yourself as an artist? Like if you're not getting to perform every night, you're there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of waiting. There's a lot of, you know, someone else owns the part in a certain way. Um, yeah, I mean, that you're part of also it, working on the yeah, same thing. Like, totally. I mean, the I always say about understanding that it's not for everybody. Like, I know a lot of actors that have done it a few times, and it drives them insane yeah. the whole time that they're doing it. I am not one of those people. It doesn't bother me. Um, I'm not... I'm not precious about any of the parts I've understudied. It, it's not my job. My job is not to, you know, create the role. My right. job is to step in and um, make sure that the play goes on. And sometimes it can be a little awkward stepping into choices that you're like, oh, I wouldn't necessarily have made that choice. Right. But it's not my part. <laughs> so I need to figure out a way. My, it is my job to figure out how to make that choice work in my body. That's my job. And you know, I have done a lo- I've done a lot of it since this is my fourth show to understudy since Rooney was born, and um, 
it's so amazing for me because I get to work on a play and I get to be around a company of incredibly talented actors. And for the most part, I've been involved with companies that are very generous and welcoming. This company that I'm working with right now is ridiculous. They just treat they treat us like we are on stage with them every night. That's wonderful. Um, which, I mean, truly, that's, that's how it should be if you want it to go well when we actually yeah. have to go out there and do it with you. <laughs> um, but it also is like the only time during my day that I get to read a magazine or read the New York Times or have some time alone or do some yoga or, you know, so yeah. I really think of it as, and also my time to get to interact with adults for three, yeah. four hours a night. And it's kind of a unique perk of doing that particular job when you're absolutely. a parent. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I order the Fresh Direct for the week and I, you know... Yeah. Um, do research for daycares and I you know get to do all of the things that you cannot do when you have a two-year-old yanking on your skirt the whole day and then on top of that you get to work on really incredible material and when you get to do it you get to do it with incredible actors and the health insurance and the money are great as well and I mean sure there have been times I mean I will say that um some of them I've gotten to do on stage and some of them I haven't, but I've never had a show close that I was like, oh man, I wish I had gotten to do that. Because I always say it's not your job to sit, sit backstage and want to do it. Right. It's your job to be ready to do it if they need you to do it. So, I mean, sure, I felt like I, you know, that would have been fun, but I'm never like, I mean, why didn't they give me a show? Or, right. um, because. You don't put that pressure on it. For no. That's healthy. It's just a. <laughs> It's an added perk if I ever yeah. get to do it. And quite frankly, it's terrifying. You know, you know it's not yeah. like no understudy has ever gone on for the first time. And usually with plays, especially with limited run plays, you get to do it one, two, maybe times. You don't get to, you know, yeah. have two a two-week run the way you might in a musical or... When I, that my, I got my equity card understudying Orphan's Home Cycle... Amazing. ...a signature, and that was like a long thing, and it mm-hmm. was three different actresses' tracks, and luckily when I did go on, it was always like the actress had booked a TV thing, so I right. knew if ahead of time in advance, and it was fine. Amazing. Yeah. Um, have you had to do the last-minute emergency yeah. thing? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When I was understudying Fool for Love, we had gone to brunch on a Saturday, and I, we had ordered our brunch at El Bambino, waiting for our paninis to arrive. And Rooney picked up my phone and pressed the button, and I saw that I had 15 text messages. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> and so I took the phone from him, and like my stage manager didn't even call me. He just texted me and was like, you're going to go on for the matinee and the night performance tonight. So it was like 10.30, and I <laughs> was going on at the 2 o'clock show, and I just turned to us, and I was like, I have to shower. Like, I have to go home and shower. <laughs> Not shower. There's some basic things that yeah. need to happen between now and two o'clock. Yeah. I'm gonna need to get that panini to go, and I'm gonna need to shower. Um, so yeah, and you know, I was lucky enough in that one to have uh, we had done we had done runs on the set a few times, and I felt really yeah I felt like I was ready to do it. But like if I had to go in in this show tomorrow, it would be pretty scary. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but there's a lot of falling set pieces and literally moving parts (laughs) that would be a little nerve-wracking you haven't gone on for this one yet no 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 no. and they brought two of their British understudies who had um who are actually people that had played parts on the west end in this play who are part of their company and um thank heaven that they brought them because both of them have already gone on um and they have gone on at times when 
myself and the other American understudy were not in, I mean, we hadn't even gotten up onto the stage yet, really. Right. So we, like they would have had to just cancel shows. They hadn't prepared um, So we're sort of the extra insurance policy. Gotcha. So I, I feel like it probably will happen if the play runs as long as they think it's going to run, but I'm not in a panic yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm so glad that that has worked out so well since Rooney was born. Me too. I feel very lucky. Did you have, um, like, I know I know if you've waitressed a lot in the past mm-hmm. for day job stuff, like, did you have things that you were thinking, okay, well, when we have the kid, no, what are my I options day job-wise? Yeah. About two years before, this is kind of what I was saying to Lori the other night, but about two years before we had Rooney, or maybe a year and a half, I mean, probably a year before we were trying. I had sort of a falling out with the restaurant that I was working at, mm-hmm. and I went away to do a regional job. And they told me they were going to take me back, and then I reached out, and they were like, "Actually, we're all full." Um, okay. <laughs> and I, you know, I was kind of upset about it just because when you get to this point, just learning another menu is not something you want to spend time doing. Right. Like just, if you have to be waitressing, it's yeah, much easier just to wanna, keep doing yeah. it at the same place. Um, but I, so I was kind of upset and annoyed and West just said I think you're done waiting tables I think you need to not wait Mm -hmm. tables anymore I think that it's also like an easy thing that you fall back on instead of you know really being focused about what it is you're trying to do Mm -hmm. and you know for the most part I've been really lucky and it's worked out this stretch before I got this job was the longest I haven't had a job in a really long time it was almost a year um And I had picked up a couple of... I've gotten into teaching. I have a workshop that I teach now. Okay. Um, I go back and I teach it at Evansville. um, But I went to a conference in Texas and taught a few mini workshops and was... Awesome. um, I did a speech, yeah. And I'm trying to start marketing it to other universities. The problem is that I feel like right when I'm getting to the point that they're like, yes, we'll have you in. That sounds great. I'm like, but I just booked a job. So how about I get back in touch with you in a year and, (laughs) you know... Um, which is a good problem. Which is yeah. a great problem. but Can uh, I ask like what the subject matter is? Yeah. Is it just acting in general? Or? Um, no, it's, it's sort of a business of acting um, workshop. Uh, basically, I felt like with my amazing education at UE, University of Evansville, and my great grad school education at NYU, the thing that was sort of missing was just someone sitting me down and really simply explaining to me the process from when a theater decides they're going to do a play to the day the actors show up and uh, to rehearse mm. you know what is a breakdown what is a casting director what is the role of a casting director um what what role does the director play what role does the actor play in the process of auditioning um and so I talk a little bit about that and then I we work on auditioning with sides and I talk about things like actors access and places that you can access breakdowns um the actors equity website even if you're not um with an agent because i feel like a lot of really talented people come out of programs and they're just so petrified because they don't understand the way it works and i mean even coming out of nyu i feel like i spent two years playing catch-up like i just didn't understand yeah how it worked really um, or if you don't get the kind of agent you thought you... Right. It was kind of taught, like, well, you get the agent, and then they right. they lead you down the path. Right. So if you don't get the, the kind of agent or the best agent that you right. thought you could get. 
how do you do the work for yourself? Yeah. And I mean, one of the other things I talk about, which I wish somebody had talked to me about is what are the things that you need to think about and know before you go in for an agent meeting or a casting director meeting? You know, I had some really great meetings with some really great agents that I totally blew because I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) I feel like I could have taken so much more advantage of those coming out of showcase. I mean, they would be like, what, what, what do you see? what do you see your career being like? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I just want to, I, I want to be an actor, you know? And they were like, well, of course you do. Next, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking like general things because right. you haven't learned what it's no like idea. to be. I have no idea. Making your own work. Exactly. Or really auditioning full time yet. And I tell people like, one of the easiest things you could do is like think about five plays that have been on Broadway and off-Broadway in the last two, three years, what are some roles in those plays that you wish that you had gotten the opportunity to audition for? What are some things on television and film that are happening right now that you think, I could I could nail a nurse on this show, or, mm-hmm. you know, I'd, I think I'd be great as a single mom on this show, or, you know, because those are the kinds of things they want to hear. They just want to know how they can help you make money. That's all they want to know. <laughs> it's true, you know? Yeah. Like, they're not interested in, like, knowing your philosophy on acting. They're interested in knowing where can we start putting you so that we can figure you out, you know? So I hope I get people thinking about that too. It's one of the things we talk about for a long time. And a lot of, that's the point that a lot of students, I think, just sort of get really overwhelmed because you don't have to do that when you're in training programs. You don't have to think about where do I actually fit? And I, and I emphasize, I'm not trying to put you in a box. I'm, ta- I'm trying to get you to start thinking about what are the things that you get excited about working on so that you can start to tell people the kind of work that excites you. Because if you don't know that, they're just going to try to put you in places that you don't want to be. Like, you can't get mad that your agent is submitting you for things that aren't you if you've never told your agent, what is you? Yeah. You know? They're just trying to figure it out. Well, that's really exciting that you've started to, like, package that in a way where it's going to be something you can um, do and sell. and yeah. Hopefully that I can really... Like a separate little path. Yeah. I just, yeah. It it is great. (laughs) It's definitely the thing that... It's the only other thing that I really get excited about. It's hard for me, you know, when I'm in between acting gigs. It's very easy for me when I'm sort of in the dark place to be like, well, I have no skills. (laughs) Besides being an actor, I have absolutely zero skills. I can't even type. Um, (laughs) So... uh, but when I start to think about um, helping other people not waste the time that I feel like I wasted, I get yeah. very like, enthu- oh, and I, I've learned a lot. Yeah, I get I very enthusiastic on. about that. Um, even if my career doesn't look exactly like I wanted it to, I think that I have some knowledge that will help people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to ask about the play you did last year with Wes, the Lone mm-hmm. Star Spirit, mm-hmm. Spirit or Spirits? Spirits. Spirits, plural. And what that was like for, I mean, I know he's directed you before, but what it's like for you guys to work together artistically as a couple. Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's always very stressful. It's always very rewarding, but it's mm-hmm. always very stressful. And one of the things I think we didn't think about this time is us having the exact same schedule was a real um, challenge. Yeah. Usually we sort of can negotiate, well, I'll be home until this time, and then you'll be home until that time, and we need to hire a babysitter for three hours here, two hours here, but it was 
us both leaving an hour before rehearsal and us both getting home an hour after rehearsal right. and um, which means you get to spend time together but w- which means we get to spend time together which is great but also we both needed to shower before we left the house and get ready and yeah. I needed to learn lines and you know he was working on finding people to build the set and so um it was like we were both crazy busy at the same time once we were in the rehearsal room it was a lot of fun but um our life outside of the rehearsal room was a little hectic but ultimately we were really it's great to as a couple have something that you're very proud of that you sort of made together yeah um and that was really neat that we got to share that I mean you know we've worked together it's I'll say two things about that the first is that I love the fact that my partner has seen every play I've done since I was 18. Like, that's pretty special. It's pretty incredible. (laughs) Um, I mean, he saw me in a high school play, which is like how we met, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and so it's, it's awesome. And I've seen almost everything. Yeah. You guys really know each other artistically. Yeah. Know each other's work really, really well. Yeah. So that is, is really cool. Um, oh, now I can't remember what the second thing I was going to say. I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) I've lost it. I've lost it. Um, I'm sure that it was something about just that we we know how to sort of work together. The only time we ever get frustrated with each other is that Wes is such an incredible director, and one of the ways that he's such an incredible director is he has the ability to talk to each actor as an individual. Uh But when it comes to me... There's a lot of layers there. There's a lot of layers. <laughs> and I always end up just being like, well, just tell me what you want me to do. Just tell me what you want me to do. Like, and he's like, I'm, well, I just think that maybe you might consider. <laughs> he's being so diplomatic. He's trying to be so diplomatic. <laughs> he's probably just trying to talk to me the way he talks to everybody else. And I'm just like, you can't do that. You just have to tell me what you want it to be. <laughs> I'm probably the really difficult one, but that's the only sort of like challenge that we have when yeah. we're working together. That and the fact that we can't come home and complain about people at work. Um, That's true. Or we have to be really careful about (laughs) complaining about people at work. Uh, But yeah, we had a great time. And that was such a great company. And we basically just surrounded ourselves with our friends and got to do a really fun play that was about something we cared about, about a place that we cared about, because it was set in Texas, where we're both from. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Have you guys, um, like, thought about ever moving back there? Not seriously. Every now and then when we go to visit my mom in Austin, we're like, oh, it would be kind of fun to live in Austin. And then we go in August when it's 110 degrees, and I was like, I can never live here. (laughs) Um, But it is kind of cool that you have that shared um, place as a background, though. Mm -hmm. And, like, Rooney isn't like, oh, my visiting my mom's family in California and my dad's family in Illinois. Like, his, like, family history is in Texas. Yes. Which in a lot of ways is amazing, although it does make for every time we go home, it has to be like 11 days. everyone, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we're, and we spend lots of time in the car driving from, because Texas is a big state. Yeah. So we're driving from Houston to Austin to Livingston to, you know, we're just like all over the map, which is awesome. But, um, it, yeah, it's always a lot of, well, this person got two days, and so we have to give this person two days, and yeah. this person two days, and... Um, as opposed to us just like going and sitting in one house somewhere and getting to really enjoy the time. But it is it is really fun, and it is... I think we've been gone long enough now that we really can enjoy being there. We can appreciate things about it instead of just um, being like, oh, gosh, I'm really glad that I don't live here anymore, <laughs> which is what it was for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But you know, we do we talk every now and then about like you know, just because the quality of life here is so it's so expensive. Hard. It's, it's very <laughs> it's one, very yeah. expensive and um yeah. You know, especially when you have a kid, you there things are just different and you start to really really care about the things that you used to roll your eyes about when people talked about like I we have to get him into a good preschool so he'll get into a good elementary school so he'll get into a good high school you know I mean yeah. all of those things I just used to think oh calm down but now that I've done a little research I understand how real they are yeah. <laughs> and I feel like those kinds of pressures don't necessarily exist everywhere else in the country yeah it's um, a little more complicated here yeah it's a little yeah. more complicated and so we've started to, to, I mean, we every now and then have conversations about, well, where would we go? But they usually don't last very long. So we've started having those conversations, <laughs> but I think we're pretty far away from acting on any of them. Yeah. Um, I guess I wanted to talk a little bit about your decision to become a parent or when you decided it was the right time. Or This is a very rambling, broad question. Or... Um, how you've been figuring it out now that you are a parent, your autonomy, especially mm-hmm. as the mother, mm-hmm. just because I'm planning for my future. Yeah, give sure. me all your advice. <laughs> um, I mean, for a really long time, I thought the kids were something that that I always grew up sort of imagining myself happening, but then my day-to-day life in New York, I started to think, oh, well, maybe that's just not going to happen. Um, right. And then something happened when I turned 32, and I sort of... All of a sudden, I was like, no, I want kids, and I want them now. Because <laughs> um, biological clocks are a real thing. Right. Um, and I had been working um, as an actor straight and was looking at having basically two years of health insurance that I knew I was going to have health insurance for about two years. And um, so I thought, well, there's just no better time than now. Hmm. Um, and especially because I was convinced that it would take us a very long time and it took us zero <laughs> time. Um, and uh, so when I, when I was pregnant, I was a reader a lot. And um, I also just took a job because I was really bored uh, nannying. Like two days a week, I would pick these wonderful, beautiful girls up from school and take them home and play with them for an hour and then leave. But while I was pregnant, I was bored. I was very bored. I will be honest about that. I was very <laughs> bored. And then, you know, they called me to audition to, to, uh, to audition for the understudy for the Heidi Chronicles, which I had been a reader on Right. while I was in the hospital after having her knee. <laughs> and uh, I was very bored before. <laughs> and I was on a lot of Percocet. And... Um, I was like, sure, because I just, in my mind, I thought, you're going to have to rip this, like, first audition back after having a baby Band-Aid off, you know? The first one is always going to be wonky and hard and weird, and you're going to think that you don't have time to prepare and all of the things, and I learned lines at 2 in the morning while I was breastfeeding, and then again at 4.30 in the morning when I was breastfeeding, (laughs) and then went on the audition 11 days after he was born. Oh, my God. Um, which in retrospect, maybe wasn't the best idea. (laughs) 
I walked That's incredible. Into, I went into the audition and uh, Dan Smee, the casting director, said, congratulations. And Bay McKinnon was like, what are we congratulating you on? And I was like, <laughs> I had a baby. And they were all like, oh, it's amazing. And I was like, 11 days ago. And literally <laughs> everyone's face behind the table it went from like joy to horror. They were like, like that they had called you and, <laughs> well, and made you like, come in. Why was I there? Like, what was I doing? Um, uh, and I thought I gave a really good audition, and then I didn't hear anything. <laughs> and about five days later, my agent called me and said, "Pam wants you to come back in, and she wants to work with you a little. But mostly, they just want to know if you're serious. Do you really want to take this job?" And I was like, "Yes, I. They want to give it to me. Yes, I, <laughs> I need the money, like all the things." And so I went back in and then I found out I got it and I started working the day that Rooney turned five weeks old. Oh my goodness. And you know, it was, re- I mean, really hard and um, for a lot of different reasons, for one of which I was completely sleep deprived. Yeah. Um, but I was also so grateful to be around adults. Um, I had Rooney on January 5th, and it was the winter that it was horrible outside. So I literally was just in my apartment without leaving for days. Um, And I was so grateful just to be able to watch people work, just to get to sit in a room and then sit in a theater and watch people work and do incredible work and to listen to a very smart woman playwright talk was just, I mean, uh, director. a really smart woman director talk and give incredible notes and I it was just so energizing but I was pumping all the time and um, and I didn't realize how much memorizing lines depends on sleep and your brain getting to reset and yeah. digest things and so for the first time in my life I was I was covering 13 different characters three actresses 13 characters oh my God. and I was, for the first time in my life, having a really hard time memorizing lines, um, which made it a little stressful. But I was so, I don't know, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know if a man director would have given me that job Mm. if he had found out that I was going to be starting when I had a five-week-old. That's interesting. Um, But I felt like because it was Pam McKinnon and because it was the Heidi Chronicles about how, like, you can't, women aren't shouldn't tell women that they can't have it all (laughs) I feel like they were sort of like well if she's the best person for the job we have to give her the job um (laughs) but but yeah but it also I was also so grateful for it because it just made me realize that it was gonna be hard but I was just gonna have to figure it out and then like if I still wanted to be an actor it was gonna be hard but I had to figure it out and that it was possible it was completely possible it wasn't easy but it was possible um, and it's kind of, even though it was so hard, it's kind of amazing that you got to figure that out right away. Right instead away. Instead of like yep. having a year off yep. and you're, it gets a little scary about getting yeah. back into it or something. Of course. Of course. And you know, I, this time when I went back to work, it, I, it was harder because Rooney literally said to me the second day, mama, stop working, stop leaving me. Oh my God. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that's, that's harder than handing yeah. that to me was harder than handing a five week old to someone and saying he gets a bottle now and then he'll get right. a bottle in an hour and a half and then you need to change his diaper and you need to swaddle yeah. him and all of those things you know um, mm. but it's always challenging but I can't imagine if the first time I went back to work he said that to me I think I would have been a puddle <laughs> but instead I just thought first of all I think it's very important for him to know that his mother has ambitions yeah. and that Um, she worked really hard Um, and I also think 
that every time I go away and work like that, he takes giant developmental leaps forward. Mm-hmm. Anytime there's sort of a big change, it happens when we go on vacations as well, but anytime there's a big change in our routine, he does a huge jump forward. So I knew that it was going to be better for everyone involved. Um, but another thing that I'll say that is really challenging or has been really challenging about it is that I wasn't quite prepared for, as a mother, that you sacrifice all of your alone time. And my alone time was always very important to me. It's sort of, you know, it's part of why I love running. Yeah. Um, I have always been a person who needed a lot of alone time and I have none anymore. I have my ride to the theater and my ride home from the theater on the train. And sometimes when I see someone on the train and they're like, hey, I'm a little like, oh, I'm great. I want to talk to you. I need these 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love these 20 minutes to be by myself. Um, And I didn't realize how much I like discovered it or how much that defined my sense of self, the discoveries that I would make about myself in my time alone. And once that was taken from me, how I struggled to sort of redefine who I was, being a new mom and being an actor and having no time for myself and not being able to do the things that really made me who I was, like go for runs and paint sometimes and read books. And um, so those I think are the challenges and the fact that I'm a person who's always really loved sleep and that's not (laughs) really (laughs) a thing that you do a lot of when you have a child. But it's possible. I think it just looks different for everybody. It just looks really different. You'll figure it out. <laughs> sure we will. You will. Um, <laughs> you will figure it out. I That's so amazing that that was the play that, that, that so lucky came up. Oh my gosh, it was so like lucky. a female-driven mm-hmm. project. That's but again, it was because I was really the reader special. while I was pregnant. I was a reader yeah. for all the auditions while I was pregnant. Hmm. And I mean, the other really great thing about that is that I saw the people they cast, and so when they were like, come and audition to understudy, I was like, oh, I saw every audition that that got those people the role, so I'm just going to... I know to, the vibe, I know the I know the style, vibe, I know the play, I know yeah. the style, I know what they... I heard the notes that Pam was giving about each one of these characters over and mm-hmm. over and over again. Um, and so I knew how to work on it, which was so valuable. Um, I know that one amazing thing that NYU does for alums is the the Studio Tisch Mm -hmm. program. Have you Mm -hmm. ever taken advantage of that? Yes, I have once. Um, It's changed a lot. It keeps changing. I mean, they always give us space, but now you have to just do it with NYU people. Whereas when I took advantage of it, it had to be mostly NYU people. So I got a little more flexibility. Yeah, I got some friends that weren't NYU people. And my friend Liv, who is an NYU person, and we did a doll's house in rehearsals clo- in rehearsal clothes and um, a rehearsal set and just rehearsed a doll's house for three weeks and then did it for five performances in rehearsal clothes just because it was like a play I had always wanted to work on and always wondered what it would be like to work on, to actually work on the whole play and was um, ready for like a, I wanted to, like, to really challenge myself. Um, and so I did take advantage of it then. Yeah, but now, you know, I, I would love to use it as a place to um, 
to, it would be great for me if it was a place that you could rehearse things and then put them up in their spaces and then put them up somewhere else because so much of the cost of putting on plays is rehearsal space, you know, but because it has to be all NYU people, it really sort of limit, because you have to then find seven NYU people that are available for this whole yeah, sort of stretch of time, which is tricky. Yeah, if you could find like a, something with two or three people in the right. cast, yeah, that would be really advantageous. I keep hoping that Juilliard will do something like that, but yeah. it's been a long time coming. Is there anything uh, that you're really proud of from the last couple of years that you want to tell me about, like a lesson you've learned or something like I that? I mean, we've kept him alive and we're still family and I feel pretty <laughs> proud about that. That's a huge thing. No, I mean, I think That's that... You know, I feel like we're, we're doing the thing that we set out to do. It doesn't look exactly like we thought it would look, yeah. but we are doing it. You know, we're like creating work we're proud of. We're paying our bills as actors. Which is already a huge thing in New yeah. York. <laughs> yeah, paying our bills as actor and director. And we're, you know, I, I, I think that that isn't a small thing, it you isn't. know. And so I feel proud of that and... I mean, I do. We've been married ten years, and I'm pretty proud of that too, because that's not an easy thing to do either. You yeah. know, especially um, with like before you had Rooney. Yeah. I, I mean, Wes still travels some for regional work, and you were traveling a ton before yeah. you had him. Yeah. Um, that long distance is hard. Yeah, that long distance is hard, and also, what was interesting is that that long distance was hard, but it was sort of it had become our routine, and it had become our sort of. Again, I was getting like six weeks of alone time, whether I was the mm -hmm. person who went away or stayed here, to, and we really missed each other, and then we'd come back together, and it would be great, and then all of a sudden, you know, this is the longest we've lived together since we've been married, <laughs> you know, <laughs> consistently, and that's been amazing and awesome, but it has definitely been different. Like, we've been like, yeah. mm, there have been moments we've been like, does somebody want to go away and do a show? <laughs> But we're, we're, we're figuring that out, you know? We're figuring out how to coexist and live in the same place. And now Wes is actually going away to direct a show at the Pioneer Theater in Utah in October. Oh, and uh, I'm petrified. I'm like, I, no, you can't leave me. I'm so used to you always being around. Don't leave. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm just, I'm really proud that we, we, haven't, we haven't given up yet and that yeah. we're still doing it. That's huge. Yeah, it's huge. When you are feeling like you're in like the dark place or you're feeling uninspired or stuck, like are there certain, uh, besides running, like certain books that you reach for or places that you go or music you listen to, like concrete things that you reach for again and again? Um, not really. I mean, I do enjoy listening to music, but I think the thing that I've tried to learn to do just because my time again is so... Um, not my own, as <laughs> uh, I try to force myself to remain very present. You know, when you're around a child, they are just completely present all the time. And I find that one of the things about feeling stagnant and being in the dark place is that you get so caught up in your own version of what your life is and what your life looks like and right. what other people think of your life and your career and you know, what everybody else is doing that you're not. And if you can sort of just say, I'm not going to do that right now. What I'm going to do is build a tower out of mega blocks. And that <laughs> is going to be 
enough for this moment, yeah. you know, um, and not there isn't not that there isn't a place for examining yourself and your career and all of that, but um, when it starts to eat up your time, I'm very lucky in the fact that I have someone who I hang out with all the time who lives in the moment all the time. Yeah, and has to kind of shake you out of that. Yeah, you know, going in circles, and that there are immediate needs that have to be met all the time, and that that is an, an important thing to make your goal for the day is to meet the immediate needs, feed the baby, <laughs> you know, change the baby, hope that the baby is happy, get the baby sunshine, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and in the process of doing those things, you do them for yourself. You know, um, I don't have the option anymore. There was a period of time when I was not in a good place where I was like waking up in the morning and like watching two hours of the West Wing and then like trying to drink <laughs> enough coffee that I would force myself to go do like 40 minutes on the elliptical and then, you know, right. and that's not really a thing anymore. Now I, you know, on bad mornings, I'll spend an hour drinking coffee, but most of the time I have a cup of coffee while I watch New York one and then we put clothes on and we get outside when we can. And which is healthy for everybody, which is great for yeah. everybody. Yeah. Hmm. But I do find that that is, if you can just, a body in motion, you know, yeah, if you, you can, can just that. get in motion, that that is a lot of it. Yeah. And then the last question that I usually ask is, have you seen anything recently that you want to recommend? I know that you've been working. No, I have. I've, I've been <laughs> lucky. I've actually really tried to see things when we've had breaks. Like last Wednesday, I saw six degrees of separation. Mm-hmm. And it was incredible. I highly, Alice highly. Speaking of the West Wing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> CJ Craig killed it. Um, Did you see A Doll's House too? Speaking I of the seen Doll's it yet. House. I haven't seen it yet. It's really it, excellent. Um, I had already purchased my ticket for Six Degrees. And I'm very glad I did. I'm very glad I saw it. Um, when A Doll's House wasn't even in previews yet. But I know Wes just saw it last week and he said that it was it's really good. so good. I can't. I mean, 10 plays on Broadway. This yeah. 10 new plays on Broadway this year. I mean, that is so incredible. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, I want to see them all. <laughs> I haven't even seen Oslo yet, so I have to see Oslo. I and I haven't seen it either. I want to see... I know. The Tony no- nominations came out this morning, and I was like, gosh, aren't we lucky that there's so many amazing new plays happening right yeah. now. It's exciting. It's so exciting. All right. Well, I think... That's pretty much it, unless there's something that I didn't ask you about that you especially want to talk about. No. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This is a, no, I've thank been you. to have you on since the beginning, so this makes me really happy. Oh, thanks. Thank you for listening to The Compass Podcast. I'm Leah Walsh. More episodes are coming soon. Please look for us on Facebook and iTunes. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller. Music by Brendan Spieth. Audio assistance from Nick Choksi. And a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.